Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Another benchmark for the boys here on For Future Considerations, episode 20 of the podcast that is sweeping the nation, not just the nation, maybe international by now, 20 episodes in. Uh, I'm Matt Dumichel, joined, of course, by the boys, Manny Pava, John Rashad. Guys, do you imagine we'd be 20 episodes in and the podcast would still be alive and well? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm just bummed about COVID and that we uh, can't fly internationally to do all the publicity we'd be doing in like London and Paris and Tokyo and places like that. I didn't think I'd make it to episode 13, let alone episode 20. So this is a major achievement. And the fan club in Portugal is huge. Ever since we started talking about Ronaldo, uh-huh. it's the greatest thing since sliced bread over there. They got pictures of me up on every street corner, though. <laughs> You're not you, allowed in the country. How do you You're say not do allowed. not admit in Portuguese? <laughs> oh, man. How you been, John? Good, good. We got uh, snow again on the weekend, but then it finally went away again. So now we're back to green lawns again up here. But I think it's going to snow for you for Easter, isn't it? Probably. The great thing was, too, is we were looking at, uh, I was looking at my weather network app at two o'clock and I'm like, oh, it's going to be sunny at three o'clock. And then the sky opened up and it just started dumping snow at three (laughs) o'clock. Well, I mean, a chance of flurries is always the safe thing to say, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, whenever there's not COVID, first, you're going to have to do the tour down to Windsor. That's right. and, and we're going to take this out on the road in Windsor, Essex. That's right. We're going to get an RV. We're just going to put our faces on the side of it. And we're just going to cruise up and down Riverside Drive or Olet or wherever we end up. Oh, that'd be great. Hit all the soccer clubs up in Windsor, yep. Essex. Yep. <laughs> we know our target audience. <laughs> Who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of any of these. Doesn't that guy owe me money? <laughs> I think he had a restraining order against that one guy. Yeah. No, no, no. It's still another couple months. Get that thing out of here. <laughs> oh, Cinnamon, man. I'm sorry. Oh. Well, big hello to everyone who's listening. It's It's been a lot of fun. We've gotten some great feedback, too. Yeah, we got some uh, good feedback in the last week about our two shows. Uh, first, we should say, though, congratulations to Stacy. Yeah, so Stacy knew the answer to the missing link, uh, which was the game we played in the OT uh, last week. Uh, so that would have been episode 19. So, uh, again, we give uh, that was a tough couple one. of... That was a tough one. I, I didn't realize, and I'll, I'll mention it afterwards, I didn't realize the the amount of people that had, had, had done this benchmark, but the names that we had given you was Kareem Abdul, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Corliss Williamson, Glenn Rice, Shane Battier, and Michael Jordan. And they are five of the 46 players that have won both an NCAA men's basketball championship and an NBA championship. See, and that was stupid me because I, on, I only thought it was the NCAA championship mm-hmm. that they had won, not realizing that some of those guys also won an NBA They title. have. Is 46 seems like a high number to you or a low number to you? Uh, no, I thought it'd be less. Yeah. I think 46 is a high okay. number for me because 
you know, it's a really tough tournament to win for the sure. NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, and I then, think the way that I was looking at it, and maybe that's just because it's changed so much in the last decade or so, is a lot of these kids are one tournament and done. Right. You know, some of them maybe stay for their sophomore year, but there's not, you know, back in the day, it seemed like everybody ran the course with their, their college. And then they went to the pros after that. Sometimes you'd have kids that came out early, but normally it was because they had either won a championship or, you know, Michael Jordan or something like that, where now I think it's, you're really, you know, a lot of these guys, even in the last couple of years have really just played one NCAA tournament, the stars at least. The one thing that tripped me up is I didn't realize that Corliss Williamson won an NBA championship. Neither yeah. did uh, Glenn Rice. That's like, right. I remember Glenn Rice winning it with Michigan. I, I still think I have that tournament on VHS somewhere or something <laughs> like that. But uh, when Michigan won it all with Ramil Robinson and, yep. and Glenn Rice. That's but, right. I completely gapped that they won an NBA title. That's so. why it's the missing link. Stacy was able to figure it out, and we always play games in the OT. Um, so keep an eye out for those who play the missing link. Name that player. Sometimes we got a special guest, which might be the case this week. <laughs> we'll mention that again a little bit later on as well. Yeah, Stacy joins Rob, uh, Sarah, Ryan, and Troy as our previous winners. We never mentioned John's name. John, did you know the missing link last week? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we said Chris Weber, <laughs> it all comes back to Chris Weber. <laughs> and uh, we had some more soccer feedback as well. A Shane oh, yeah. in on the Ronaldo debate, and he also agreed with you to, with Manny, and uh, he said that he is not the greatest goal scorer in soccer history. Yeah, so Shane's on Matt's side. Shocker. Yeah, of course, because Shane is the most educated soccer folk that I that I know. Oh, you said it was Patrick last week. <laughs> well, Patrick and Shane. I mean, it, it's it's just growing. It my my soccer network is growing. You guys, and are we're all you no, know, we we get it, Nanny. We just get it. No, That's don't. right. We have another Ronaldo question. I have one coming up for you guys later in the show. If you missed that debate or any of our previous shows, we invite you to go back and listen wherever you get your podcasts on all of the different uh, podcast apps and websites and uh, just look back for our previous shows. And uh, we've talked about soccer a couple of times, so uh, you can look for those episodes and uh, listen to those disagreements. Yeah, and uh, the guests as well. So we had Steve Bell back on the show last week uh, for some sports debate. We've had great interviews as well. Jeff Krasakis, Luke Boca, uh, Andrew Parrott uh, as well, who is uh, outstanding. And again, we're still we're still waiting here. But <laughs> Andrew yeah. Parrott's was uh, was an outstanding interview. So make sure that you're uh, you're listening to some of that as well. Come on, Ontario government, let's go OHL. Yeah, it, it was great because. Uh NHLer Curtis Gabriel, we heard from him. He's yeah. a friend of the show. Um, he uh, posted to Twitter after listening to Andrew's interview uh, about fight training at yeah. Adrenaline MMA in London <laughs> with Mark Hominick. So uh, even Curtis had to chime in on social media as well. It's uh, it's done well. We did retweet uh, Curtis Gabriel, too, so you can see that uh, as well. And if you're on the social media, um, check us out, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, just search for For Future Considerations. You can email us, too, uh, for future considerations at gmail.com. And we have plenty to talk about on the show, including rapid fire. We have some hockey talk, even some wrestling, and uh, my favorite, some tennis talk. But first, let's talk some football. Steps into it, passes, caught, digs, sideline, touchdown! 
The NFL has approved a 17-game regular season. What do you guys think of that move? Uh, I think it's a great move. I I think it's a, a great move for two reasons. A, um, it's uh, it's great for the fan because now there's another meaningful game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great for the players, too, because it reduces a preseason game. Instead of four preseason games, you now have three preseason games. And let's be honest, the star players didn't really play in a preseason game. Now you have a meaningful game. It's the first time since the NFL has expanded its regular season since 1978. Wow. It's a long time, boys. So they went from 14 to 16 games. Now they go to 17. And I know that some of the players don't like the extra games. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara was on Twitter saying this is the dumbest idea ever. But the NFLPA, the players voted on this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a great majority. It was a slight majority. But they voted in favor of it because they get more revenue. So the players get a bigger piece of the pie. I think the players win that way. Obviously, the league owners win that way because it's another gate, uh, another uh, attendance figure that they can rake in at the gate. And the fans win because another meaningful game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a purely money decision, and I don't think anybody's really hiding behind that. Um, I do understand the the player point of view as far as the you know one additional week is uh, opening up to more injuries, uh, things like that uh, as well. Uh, I'm sure this will at some point come back to reflect some of these contracts that we're seeing too. So there might be more money having to be paid out down the road because, yeah, the the starters play sparingly in two preseason games. They probably will still play in two preseason games. And and that to me is the, the you know, you're taking away a preseason game for sure. But... I think the you know how many of those games are just played by just reserves, where yeah. I don't think that's going to affect how much the starters actually play in the preseason. And now you're adding a, an extra week on there. Sure, I, I think it's going to be interesting. There's you know now ten and seven is going to be the the benchmark uh, for for some of these teams to get in, and you're going to see that extra game, whether it's going to be interdivision. I, I was reading there seems like they're spreading some of those out to start at least. Yes. But you could, you know, for a third time, sometimes see some of the best rivalries in the NFL. Yeah. And I think the playoff races now expand mm. a little bit more. More teams will have the opportunity to get into the postseason. So now the playoff races heat up. I think it's a very good thing for the league and for the fans. We also saw some major trades in the NFL last week with the Niners moving three first-round picks to Miami to move up to number three. And then the Dolphins made a big move from 12 to 6 in a trade with Philly. And uh, that's your team, Manny. Any thoughts on that move? From an Eagles fan's perspective, I like the move. I really do because they get an extra first-round pick next year because of it, and they only dropped six spots. Mm -hmm. I still think they'll get an impact player at number 12. And now they have potentially three first-round picks next year, depending how Carson Wentz plays with your Indianapolis Colts Mm -hmm. there. So I think this is a huge move. You let Jalen Hurts show whether he can be the quarterback. And if he can, then all of a sudden you have three potential first-round picks to build around him. For sure. If he falters this year, you now have three first-round picks to either – get your quarterback in the draft or trade for a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Mm -hmm. Watson. I'm going to be honest. The Eagles are going to suck this year. 
But I don't have a problem with that because of next year's draft and their cap room next year. I think it's a great move for the Eagles. I think the move that wins this is the move by the Dolphins because they end up collecting an extra first round pick. They get an extra third round pick. There's actually a second future first in the, in that transaction, you end up going three to six, basically, is what you did. And we saw this a couple of years ago with the Indianapolis Colts at three, drop down to six, get some extra draft picks. They still got Quentin Nelson at six because that's what they wanted. The Dolphins are still probably going to get the guy they're looking for at six, which they would have taken at three. They've just added some extra collateral. I think that's a great move. And it's a great story with Laramie Tursell, who is the trade that yes. they made with the Houston Texans to get what was that third overall pick that they've now flipped for three more picks on top of that, all because this guy did a bunch of marijuana through a gas mask (laughs) and was dumb enough to have somebody videotape it and put it on Twitter. (laughs) Like this puts way more pressure on the Niners to hit at number three. Oh, for sure. Because they gave up the three first round picks Mm -hmm. and a third rounder. Now, rumor is they like Mac Jones a lot at number three. They better hope that that quarterback hits or else this will hurt the franchise for years to come. 16 shots, 27 points, 5 assists for Lowry. His team is up 1. Raptors trying to win their third straight. Lowry again hits the 3. Back-to-back triples for the 15-year pro. And speaking of trades, the NBA trade deadline was last week, and I was watching uh, what looked like it might have been Kyle Lowry's last game, and they were speculating as he came off the court, is this the final time we'll see him in a Raptors jersey? Will the Toronto Raptors regret not trading Lowry? It depends on what other teams were offering. There's no question that uh, Masai Yuri was getting calls about Kyle Lowry. And the deal may not have just gotten done because of some of the offers that were coming across. Now, if picks and young talent were being offered and they decided not to, that puts them, for me, in that Red Wings wheel that the, the Wings were in for the last three years, four years of that 25-year playoff run where they were doing just enough to get in just to keep the, the streak alive and, and not admitting that this thing needs a, a full rebuild, which they're they're obviously going through right now. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say without knowing what some of those offers were. Um, anytime a team has to admit that they've got a clean house, I don't know that just trading Kyle Lowry would have really had that full rebuild commitment. So maybe the deals just weren't good enough. Um, but anytime you get a chance to get some picks and players for a guy who's on his way out, uh, to me, it, it had to have been a decent enough deal. I wouldn't even have to be blown away by it to make the trade. I campaigned for the Raptors to trade Kyle Lowry. And mm-hmm. I like the other moves that Masai Ujiri made, trading Norman Powell, Uh, for players, trading two other guys, bit pieces for second-round picks. But I'm going to give Masai credit here because if you don't think you're getting value for Kyle Lowry, then don't trade him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it helps him in the long run. Like the set of stones on him right now, his message to the entire NBA now is – you've got to be willing to make me a fair offer or I'm just not going to trade because yep. everybody thought he was trading. Yep. So everybody, if if you're trading Johnny Goudreau, <laughs> right, for a couple of other guys, I'm not just going to take anybody. No. I want some value 
for trading Johnny Goudreau. For sure. If I'm Masai Ujiri, I want value for trading Kyle Lowry. No, I think that's more than fair. And I think if if you have a, an asset like Johnny Goudreau and you go to the Cleveland Cavaliers and you've got uh, a, a deal that is fair and you want to make that deal and everybody agrees to it and nobody's got a gun to their head, but then the Utah Jazz come in <laughs> and say, no, you can't make that deal. That's not fair. Well, that's a totally different subject. Totally different subject. Totally different subject. We use Johnny Goudreau's name in that as a hockey player with basketball comparisons because that's just that's just what we do here at Future Considerations. <laughs> well, let's move on to hockey now. Since there we go. Yeah. Good segue. Good segue. Yes, I love Perfect. it. Perfect. Uh, The NHL has delayed the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs by one day after rescheduling 19 games. Uh, Did you see that schedule? Do you think it hurts any one team more than any other? It hurts the Canucks because they still have to play. (laughs) I was going to say it. I was going to say, it doesn't look good for your guys. No, Montreal's the worst. Yeah, that's a punch in the face what Montreal just got for that schedule. Did you see what it was? They have, what, five games in the last... What was the number that I had come across? Was it? I, they played the four last... games a week for the last five weeks. That's what it was then. Yeah, four games yeah. a week for the last five weeks. That's an awful lot of hockey. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And it's one thing if you know. Again, that they were the only case um, that we've seen so far in the North Division. And so they're the ones that have some of these games that get spread out where it wasn't all against one team. So they've got to jam that in. But, I mean, that plays really well for the rest of the teams in the North Division, does it not? Because yeah. they don't have to play these games. Montreal does. Yeah. So, if you like, Montreal's battling for the fourth seed right mm-hmm. now, the fourth spot in the North Division. So if you're Calgary and Winnipeg, you're thinking – you know, we've got a shot here. Calgary, everybody thought they were dead in the water, but mm-hmm. they might have a shot. Now, if Montreal starts winning some of these hockey games, um, if they look like they did the first 20 minutes against Edmonton on Tuesday night, then I'd be scared if I were the Oilers and the and the Maple Absolutely. Leafs at the top of the division. Yeah, But that's still a lot of hockey. You know, what 20 games, 20 games in... What are you talking about? 28 days. Yeah. That's basically. a lot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's oh what my, I saw. I think lot. there was three segments of five games in eight days or something like that broken down over over that stretch. It is a lot. It, and Montreal, I think, gets the, gets the worst of that for sure. And the thing is, too, if those are tight games and you're really fighting for that uh, playoff spot, by the time you get in, you're going to have a bit of a letdown. You might not have anything left. Yeah, that's well, a, for sure. That's a fair point. And Montreal has played a ton of overtime games mm-hmm. already, too, and has not played well in those overtime games. If all of those games continue to go to overtime, if they continue to play at the pace they are now of games going into extra time, it's going to hurt them in the long run. And the NHL has also announced changes to the draft. Most notably, the worst team can't draft lower than third. You can't pick first overall more than twice in a five-year span, and you can only move a maximum of 10 spots, unlike the Rangers, who moved up 12 spots. And I know, Matt, uh, this has been one of your causes. You've been really vocal about this. What do you think of these new rules? Yeah, can we stop trying to be cute here? (laughs) Like, uh, really? I'm I'm trying to do a. Are statistics. you saying Gary Bettman's cute? I'm trying to do a statistics course online. 
just so I can figure out what possibility these teams have to to pick in certain positions over the course of, of a couple years. Tanking is the most made up outside the locker room thing that possibly has ever come up in sports. If you go into the, the Red Wings locker room, and we've had guests on the show, Steve Bell most notably, that has echoed the same thing. You go into the Red Wings locker room on game whatever it was of the season that they finished last and ended up picking fourth, because that makes sense. They end up going to the coaches, going to the players. Guys, we need to take this one off because we got to move up in the in the standings here a little bit. All right, let's sense. go, guys. Yeah, let's go. Let's lose this. And come on. If if teams are tanking and you see transactions, sure, you've seen players got benched or healthy scratched for a game. That that has happened. Absolutely. I'm not doubting that teams have tried to adjust to this. But when you go in the room and you go in the coach's room, if the hope there is that you're going to lose so that you can get a better draft pick, you've got a much bigger problem than which draft pick you're going to be on. You've got the wrong coach. And you've got the wrong leadership in your locker room. I think so, Jeff Krasakis mentioned that um, it's not in anyone's DNA to ever lose. Yeah, he said it, that as well. Yeah. It better not be. Yeah. It better not be. So, look, the worst team in the NHL, and no one can argue fairly by any stretch that the Detroit Red Wings were not the worst team in hockey last year. To not even get a top three pick. Because the NHL wants to get cute and wants to make games played fairly. Look, you look at Aaron Ekblad, and I'm not saying anything about the injury in particular, but that's what happens when guys try hard. Do you imagine when guys are taking a game off because they want to try to move from the third pick to the second pick? Somebody's going to get killed. So the idea that you've created that we have to make it a possibility that some other teams could get the first pick instead of the worst team because you're afraid the worst team is trying to lose is a massive league-wide problem. I totally understand what you're saying. I, I really do because I, I 100% agree with you. I think the league is trying to get too cute here. If, okay, so if you finish dead last in the standings like the Buffalo Sabres mm. will this year, you have to find a way to not guarantee them the last pick all the time. Okay. But I am a big believer. If you don't finish, if you don't get the first pick, you got to get the second pick, right? For sure. You can't get the fourth like the Red Wings did. No. Right? So the the fact that the worst team can't draft lower than third, I still think that's a miss. Mm -hmm. if, if, you're, if you're the worst team and you don't get the first overall pick, um, you got to at least get the second pick. Right? I have to. Um, you can't pick first overall more than twice in a five-year span. I understand that rule because it makes the teams to try to get competitive right. a little bit quicker. Sure. Um, and the Edmonton Oilers got the first pick three three times in five years. I think that's what it was. It was three times in a row, was it not? <laughs> it was twice in a row, right? Um, and then can't move a maximum of 10 spots. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... I still think 10 spots is too high. That's huge. Yeah. Like the Rangers moving 12 spots. Of course, everybody should be upset about yeah. that. But moving 10 spots, uh, that is still too high, in my opinion. You look at what, and, and this is a great comparison because we just talked about it. You look in the NFL, what teams are giving up to move from 12 to 6 or from 6 to 3. 
And you're saying that it's possible that somebody could go from 15 to 5? How? Just by the drop of a bingo ball. what world is that fair? It's not. That is not at all fair for anybody. John, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's these things. The NHL is overthinking this. They're thinking that players are going to go in there, be willing to tank, and you might get an owner who might want players to tank, but you get a guy on a bench who he has been playing hockey his entire life. It is not in his DNA. It's not in his character. You're not going to get an entire team buying into tanking to get a first-round pick. It's not going to happen. Oh, and you look at the picks that the Edmonton Oilers have had first overall, and, and you could look at the franchise right now and say, okay, where are they? Sure, they've, they've got Connor, McGra- uh, Connor McDavid, but they didn't want anything and right. gone anywhere. Right. So, okay. How's Dale Yakupov doing for you? Yeah, like, I mean, you can miss on the first overall pick, but the worst team should have the opportunity to miss as opposed to just, you know, a team that at random that uh, their, their ping pong ball gets sucked out of a machine. Yeah, luck of the draw. I think, too, if you finish that badly a couple of years in a row, maybe your fans deserve to have a couple of first-round picks, and maybe you deserve to move up a long way, and maybe you deserve to have a really competitive team all of a sudden if your team has been bad for a couple of years. I don't think there's any harm in that, in getting your fan base back after a couple of really bad seasons. I See, no I, th- I think that rule is more for NHL owners who don't spend, mm-hmm. who don't, try to be competitive right they're just right. waiting for the luck of the draw mm-hmm. right uh and i understand the league trying to do that i just think as you said matt they're getting too cute in doing it and that was the edmonton Oilers, three years in a row taylor it was hall, it three years in taylor a row taylor hall at 10 nugent hopkins at 11 and yakupov at 12 it was three years in a so, row wow that's three years in a row one of those guys is still on the team and I also wanted to get you guys to weigh on on uh, referee Tim Peel after his firing by the NHL. After we heard him admit on an open mic that he was looking to make an even up call between Nashville and Detroit. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a f- penalty yeah, against Nashville early in the. Matt, when that happened, Matt and I looked at each other and went, "What is going on?" Oops. oops. Now, and I, I never, I didn't find this out. Was it Tim Peel's mic or was it the other referee's mic? that picked it up did they ever say that i never read anything because i don't i didn't see anything early in that of like who made that call and maybe just didn't turn the mic off i don't Mm. know if it was him and he skated by the other referee and said something and he just missed the mic or whatever it was but i read matt duchene saying he was explaining he that he was explaining that to the nashville bench okay was so was the other referee's mic on when he was explaining it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the scenario, but look, it's it's unfortunate for sure. Um, I think you're foolish to think that those aren't those aren't actually happening and make up calls. And I mean, you see two teams take two penalties, and what's the first thing that most people will say? Uh, next one's coming against us. And how much of the majority of the time is the next one coming on them? Now, are they all made up or not? I'm sure they're not. But to think that this doesn't happen is foolish. To be the guy that says it happens over a microphone, yeah, you don't have a choice. He's just as foolish. Yeah, right? gotta, like, it's got to happen, guy. I, I don't think there's any doubt that this happens in sports. And not just hockey. Mm-hmm. Any sport, mm-hmm. right? Like basketball, or like football. Um, 
even baseball to oh, some extent. Strike threes in the corners. Right. The one that's right. the one that's really close that he misses that's ball two instead of strike three. The next one's right in the same spot. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. you on that one. Yeah. That one always ends up being a little bit further right. outside. Of course it happens. It happens in of all course. sports. It's just nobody admits it. Yeah. And, and this is what it comes down to for me is that the league has to do this to protect the integrity of the game. Yeah, they do. Because... Um, you don't want anybody admitting that. You don't want anybody admitting that there's funky business going on, mm-hmm. especially when the gambling and betting world is just going to grow and grow yeah. and grow. Yeah. If there's any hint of impropriety, then you know you're going to have a huge issue in the gambling and sports betting world, which I think is going to be sanctioned more and more by pro sports. Uh, the way the gambling world is going now. For sure. Uh, and the NHL is going to want a piece of that pie yep. if you bet on NHL games. So they don't want to show that there's any hint of impropriety. Now, Tim Peel, by all accounts, is a very nice guy. Yes. He just, he was about to retire, actually. This yes. was his last year. He was going to retire in a few weeks. He just made a dumb move. Yeah. And the league had to respond this way. You couldn't suspend him. No. You had to let him go. Yeah. One thing that I think, too, if he wasn't retiring this year, suppose he's refereeing next year, you think he's not getting a couple of phone calls after that comes out if the NHL doesn't fire him from people who are a little bit shady and maybe have a lot of money in Vegas? Hey, uh, how serious were you about that? You willing to willing to throw something? Well, well that's I, just it, right? Yeah, and I've always wanted to read, is it Tim or Tom Donahue, the the NBA I thought it was referee. Tom. Is it Tom? Oh, it might be Tim. I'm not sure. I don't know. Donahue, I think, yeah. was the last name. Um, I've always wanted to read his book because he is a fairly uh, apparently it's, it's fairly in depth uh, as to um, as to that saga and, and uh, personal foul. I think is the name of the book. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And you know, sure, there's respect in the game, and and there's people that uh, you know honor the the jersey that they wear as referees and and all of that. But you really only uh, uh, you only really only need one guy and enough money to to really make this ugly. It was Tim, by the way. Tim, okay. So John's going to have to put on a uh, stuff we got wrong on yeah. the podcast at the Tim, end of the Tim show. Tom. <laughs> well, Matt gets points for getting his last name and the title of the book correct. Yeah, see, man. He's yeah, yeah. Ronaldo's the best goal scorer. Are you kidding he still me? Is. All time. Stop it. He still is. And before we leave hockey, we have to send our best wishes to Windsor native and Bell River resident Aaron Ackblett. You mentioned him already. Um, he had that really serious leg mm-hmm. injury. Ackblett, six power play goals this year. Turned it over. Three on three. The Stars can race. It's Como behind. Oh, there's an injury. Oh, there's behind. a bad injury. And it's Aaron Ackblett. Oh, he is in a tremendous amount of pain. Man, that's awful. Um, how does this impact his Florida Panthers? I think it's a huge impact. I think it kills him. I, th- I think that's it for the Florida Panthers. They, I don't think they win a, a round in the playoffs. I think they get in. I don't think they win a round in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's devastating. It's a devastating blow. They it's, were battling Tampa Bay and Carolina at the top of that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Eckblad was having a career year l- tied for most goals by a defenseman with yep. 11 when he got hurt. Norris Trophy for sure. consideration. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think this hurts the Panthers immensely. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. 
And now it's time for our play of the week. We have a new sponsor this week. Yes, thanks to London Awnings for sponsoring the play of the week this week. If you need an awning for your home or your patio, visit London Awnings. Quality that shows. Quinterly. Pass it off. Reese. Whoa, what a huge shot. I watched that live and I oh, yeah? I was texting someone and I said, I can't believe Alabama lost and then they hit that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my uh my University of Michigan Appalachian State. <laughs> yeah. I was when I were at that game and at the end of the game, App State was about to uh uh, uh well, they were defending a field goal, yes, so Michigan yeah. was going to kick a field goal. Yeah. And I was there with a, a buddy of mine at the time, and, and I, as they're lining up, me, me saying to him, you know, I almost feel bad that they're going to just <laughs> break the hearts of this poor little skabool. <laughs> Blocked <laughs> the other way. Touchdown. App State wins. People are ripping up season tickets <laughs> in the concourse. People are selling season oh, tickets man. for the Michigan Wolverine. This was the first game of the year. So they would have had like six games, seven home games yeah. left. They're selling season tickets for 20 bucks. The package. Get them out of here. I can't stand this team. Fire everybody. Oh, I can't wait to go back sight. to the big house. Oh, man. Me neither. Oh, my goodness. Just the golf course. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, was it? Yeah, Rashad's been to the golf course twice and he doesn't remember leaving either time. So that's... And he was the he's the lightest drinker of the three of us. I lost uh, Rashad kept disappearing. I was like, where is he going? He was going to the drugstore to get more Pat's yep. Blue Ribbon yep. like every 15 minutes. It was that. It was the table next to us that had the, the sausages. Yes. Rashad was over there. Make it nice with them. I think you almost took that one. You almost took that one guy's TV home the one time, didn't you? Yeah, the guy with the direct TV that he had set up. Yeah, <laughs> we were the cornhole champs. Where Shot kept yelling, "You can't lose." <laughs> Okay, this might be uh, too much information for our oh, podcast listeners. Uh, we drank, well, I drank probably 20 Paps Blue Ribbon that day. I didn't go to the bathroom once. So. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Day. Oh, the good old days. Oh, and that was all by noon. <laughs> it was a noon kickoff. <laughs> Oh man, the good old days. Now now you'd be going to the bathroom twenty times. <laughs> and in there for an hour. <laughs> oh, those those porta johns. Not good. Oh. Rashad's just gonna carry out a colostomy bag instead. I bet you people do do that. Oh, I bet you. I How bet many you adult do diapers do, do you think are on the golf course at uh, at Michigan Stadium? Oh man, get your get your Charles Woodson jerseys. Get your Depends. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just selling a buck a Buckeyes jerseys. <laughs> Strap those to you. Oh, man, we just got carried away there. What, what else is going on, Rashad? Uh, well, now it's time for rapid fire. Oh, right? good. Yes. Oh, good. Are you ready? 
And it's time to play ball. The regular season begins this week, and Zach wants to know, who are your division winners, and who do you think will win the World Series? Ooh, a listener question. Rashad, were you talking to the guy from Quicken Loans <laughs> the one time we were there that almost got you almost got invited back to the, the owner of the Quicken Loans? Uh, Dan Gilbert? Dan Gilbert's house. Yeah. Was that you that one time, or was that Manny? <laughs> wasn't me. Okay. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make friends. Were just going, you were just going car to car, like uh, one of those A&W delivery guys that come to the window. <laughs> In the roller skates. Yeah, it's good. As long as they have the greens mode. <laughs> You're in the rough, you wipe out. Oh, man. Oh, how many greens mode jokes did you make that day, too? <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> uh, division and World Series. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, well, who's, who's going to be in the World Series? Oh, in the World Series. Oh, God, I hate, I hate saying this. Who do, you, who do you got? I, I hate. Do you have the Yan- Do you have the Yankees, White Sox, and Astros? Saying, right. I've got so my divisions. I've got uh, Yankees, White Sox, Astros, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, the wild card team. No Jays. No Jays. No Jays. Whoa. No Jays. In the Amer- in the National League, I've got uh, Atlanta, St. Louis, Los Angeles Dodgers, and are um, winning the division. Padres and Washington as my wild card teams. I don't want to be like everybody else and just say oh Yankees Dodgers yeah. but I'm um, I'm hard pressed to, I it's a massive disappointment for both teams if they aren't playing each other in the World Series American League I got Yankees White Sox Astros as my division winners I got Mets Cards Dodgers you're drinking the you're drinking the juice I don't think they're going to make it though Dodgers White Sox in the World Series Okay even without Eloy Yes. Oh, boy. I still think their pitching staff's the best in the American League. Very good. I cheated. I didn't uh, read that we needed division winners, and uh, I did do what Matt said. Uh, I picked Yankees-Dodgers. Of course you did. So are the Jays making the playoffs? You're the big Jays fan. (laughs) No. (laughs) Where's your pessimism on this one? Do you have the Jays winning more than 70 games this year? Uh, in a 162-game schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they're making the playoffs. What do you guys wow. think? Wow, I'm the only guy here then who says the Jays are making the playoffs. I got I got them right there. I, I do have them right uh, right in the in the thick of things at the end. Maybe a game or two difference in there. I think Tampa's going to be pretty good. Um, you know, I, I really like Chicago. Um, the, the West is, I mean... Oakland always, I think, overperforms, but I don't know to what extent this year. I mean, the Jays very well could get in. Um, I don't think they're going to be exceptional, and I'm very concerned. Like we've said numerous times, I'm very concerned with the pitching staff. Yeah, the rotation stinks. Rashad, your rotation stinks. Yeah. Yeah, I find, I don't know what it is with the Jays. Hitting and pitching never seem to be on fire in the same season. I don't know what it is, but it's been so rare in the history of that team where you've had great hitting and great pitching consistently through an entire season. Mm -hmm. Um, And then let's move on to the NBA. Um, I watched this game and I thought they were great. I thought they did a great job. Did you see the all-female NBA broadcast of the Raptors and the Nuggets last week? Yeah, I did. I loved it. I thought Megan McPeak was really good. And I like Kia Nurse. I met Kia Nurse. Okay. 
Uh, she went to uh, Owen Sound to see the Sioux Greyhounds play the attack in the playoffs because nice. her brother Darnell Nurse. Yeah, yeah. And Kia was there, and she, family was really polite because I basically bumped into them in the hallway by the dressing room. <laughs> but uh, I thought she was great, too. Do you know what she did that I really, really liked? And I think they must have known that there were going to be some people who weren't regular watchers of NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. She broke down um, the difference between a zone defense and a man-to-man defense more simply and um, more concise than anyone I've ever heard do it. And uh, it was just very simple because I know it's one thing my dad and I, we watched a lot of NBA, and he said to me once, he goes, I've never heard anyone explain to me the difference between a zone defense and a man-to-man and why some things are mm-hmm. legal defense and why they're not. And uh, she did a great job of that. And uh, I think it was because they were prepared for a lot of non-traditional NBA fans or NBA call. watchers to be watching. Very fair. And then I was thinking about it afterwards, and, and you can only imagine um, for, for the, the girls that were in this broadcast like there this is you know this is like Eminem you've got one shot one opportunity yeah. like the world is watching the you know unfortunately a good chunk of the world wants you to be absolutely terrible and never to have to worry about having an all-female broadcast team again and they pulled it off the, the pressure the pressure on on that alone is you know it's unbelievable i can't intro this podcast let alone call in a full nba game and uh and then they were terrific it's too bad we can't have them one more yeah and i liked that uh, there wasn't as much homerism as we sometimes see on raptors games which get that garbage out of here hello <laughs> yeah it's like a rule i have to say that 16 times in this broadcast and then matt devlin's gotta gotta work in some phrase that he came up with in the car on the way to the building all the way from markdale <laughs> uh. oh um by the way we mentioned march madness a little bit earlier um how do your brackets look How's Villanova? Uh, Villanova lost. <laughs> Villanova lost to Baylor. Um, I, uh, um, at the time of this recording, I've still got my favorites for the the champ and the opponent in. So I got three of my four sitting in there right now. So I'm doing all right. I'm. I've got, uh, as I mentioned, I've got an office pool um, going, and we've got a couple of people who, uh, admittingly so, uh, do not know what they're doing. And they are running away wow. with this thing. Wow. Isn't that running always the Running away case? with it. We had uh, one guy who just happens to be on my team, Glenn, who's outstanding, outstanding. Outstanding broker. The only thing he might know more about than insurance is NBA, or NCAA men's basketball. Hello! Because he got, <laughs> of the six semifinals, he got five of them right. Oh, so this wow. is like the full bracket. So we're this yeah. is already filled out before the tournament. He's... <laughs> He got five of six That's in this in this round, and he's still got everybody sitting there. Like he's he's gonna run away, but everybody's uh, everybody's all wound up about Michigan in, in our pool, of course. So yeah, of course, that's what uh, it's gonna come down to. But I'm still hanging in there, I guess. Yeah, I got three of my four too. There you so. go. And the Washington football team says it may keep that name forever and not bother finding another name to replace Redskins. What do you guys think of that idea? I like it. <laughs> You don't like it. Don't like it. It's not soccer. It has a you're, taste of soccer. You're not a Washington football team. You might team. be a better soccer team than you are an actual American football team. They might want to try like that it. out. 
the Washington football team. Why don't you just call yourselves the team or team A? Like let's let's make this even more boring and and unentertaining. You can't even you just have Washington written across your your shirts or you know the jerseys don't have anything on them. I like the red helmets with the numbers on them. Ah. Stop it. You're telling me you can't do a contest and let some kid pick the the team name. Come on, I'm just arguing with you. Come on, for the sake of argument. <laughs> they should do like we do in our fantasy hockey league. I change my team almost weekly. <laughs> team name. Yeah, and I, honestly, you do. Yeah. I don't even know what team you run anymore because there's no, always I, a new team. I don't it. either because it's just making fun of the other team's name. So, like, you've got the the Lions or something like that. You could you get the Lions are coming into town this week. Oh, we changed our name. We're the Washington Cougars. <laughs> You know, spin off of all of that. Sure, why not? Oh my gosh! I thought you changed your name weekly just as a passive aggressive stab at the other people in the in your league that are making trades you don't like. Well, yeah, of course that's why I did it. <laughs> and then I beat that guy, and I can't change my name now because it's won me a couple weeks in a row. <laughs> why did Matt change his name to the Schmuck in the Third Cubicle Down? <laughs> that's a great team name. That's a great team name. That is. I might change that. <laughs> I said there'd be more soccer. So Ronaldo was robbed of a goal in the World Cup qualifying against Serbia when the referee got a call wrong. No, Tim Peel wasn't there, was he? No. Uh, there be video review in soccer games now. You know, yes. A, you know, a pure goal scorer would have knocked that oh in with no question. But <laughs> my goodness. It, when I, and I ask this truthfully, would soccer fans have a harder time with the the electronic portion of the game than baseball fans did when they started rolling that in? They did. Like, th- this has been a few so years now. I feel like now. the soccer purists would yeah. be even more so like, no, 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 no. We don't want robots. But they've done this for 10 years now. Like, this, uh-huh. is, this is well enshrined in soccer now. The reason why they don't have VAR, they call it, video uh, review, video assisted review, is because not all the stadiums on the World Cup qualifying circuit mm-hmm. have the capability. Fair. Okay, so they said if you can't have it in one, uh, you can't have it in any of them. Okay. Which I think is the dumbest thing ever, because if you're able to have that capability, then use it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you're deciding which countries will play in the largest tournament in sports ever. More people on the planet watch soccer than any other sport. And you're... You're deciding these games because you can't use the technology. It's there, but we don't want to use it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it does not seem fair that uh, you you can and won't. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for electronics in baseball. I'm, I look forward to the day where there's uh, an electronic strike zone and that type of setting. I just think it again. It's going to become a bit of a, a cleaner uh, game. You're not going to have these kind of controversies. We saw Tuesday night there was a goal disallowed the Montreal Edmonton game too. Uh, offside, sure is the offside rule. You know, it nothing's perfect in that setting but to have that capability and not use it doesn't make any sense and it was the right call it It, was it's the right call bianca andrescu seems to have found her game again in miami did you see her shot of the tournament the other night oh my word (laughs) 
She, she can't even believe it. It was amazing. Yeah, she didn't even know that it went in. <laughs> How excited were you to see that? Yeah, I was really, really excited. She was uh, down, actually, in that, uh, in that match. And then about midway through the second set, she just poured it on. It was unbelievable. And um, hitting every shot that she needed to hit. If she got down in a game, she turned it around. It was, uh, she really, really fought. And I think on that shot, she might have hurt her back and she still managed to win the match. <laughs> Can you paint me through a picture of what it looks like when you watch a Bianca dress <laughs> you match at home? <laughs> Where are you yep. sitting on the couch? Like, are you shirt over your head like a helicopter, um, <laughs> face painted? Where where are you with that? Well, my Just wife a is sock on. <laughs> my wife is watching TLC in the living room. So I'm down in the basement watching tennis and uh, the dog is usually beside me. And then I get excited and yell. And then the dog jumps up and thinks he's in trouble. And... How many like fist pumps or like chest pounds? Let's go. I do clap quite a bit. <laughs> and then I hear my wife walk around upstairs go, eh. Eh. <laughs> making fun of the female players hitting the ball. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And uh, finally, we have another listener question. I remember this. I was watching this live 39 years ago this week, March 29th. Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant in WrestleMania 3 in the Pontiac Silverdome. Mike wants to know, is that one of the most historic moments in sports history? It was probably one of the bigger hits that ever happened at the Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> <laughs> <Not that much. laughs> My, Mike, Mike, let's, let's, let's level with each other here, Mike. Right. Mike, this is all fake. You're, you know that, right? This, was, this is a television show? No. No, it's not one of the most historic moments in sports <laughs> history. He said Ali Frazier has nothing on this. We named three things in the show that were bigger moments in sports <laughs> history than that fight. Match, whatever you want to call it. Come I on, that was one of the great... Yes, it was one of the greatest moments in sports history. I will admit Ronaldo is the greatest goal scorer in soccer history, which I think is BS, <laughs> before I even suggest <laughs> that this WrestleMania was one of the most historic moments in sports history. Come on. Okay. Everybody was into wrestling back in the day. They were. 39 years ago, WrestleMania was huge. Hogan slamming Andre the Giant? The slam heard around the world? <laughs> it's huge. Can I, can I join in with you, Manny? Yes. They did set a world indoor attendance record at that thing. <laughs> Here you go. And... And Andre the Giant weighed like 400 or 500 pounds. Uh -huh. and Hulk Hogan body slammed. I mean, that's a pretty impressive feat for somebody to, to pull off. Out of boy, Rashad. It was very impressive with all the springs underneath the mat and, <laughs> and how they would have gone over that a couple of times and just made sure the hand was in the right spot just before they went out there to put on the show. Stop it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're trying to tell Most me Andre jumped into Hogan's arms to get a better grip to slam? <laughs> yes. Oh, I wouldn't expect it. that happens it in this. <laughs> <laughs> they just decided this one time to go off script. Come on, it. Mike. <laughs> Mike, get, come on, stop it, Mike. You're right, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Manny and I are team Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I, I can't wait to hear Mike's comments. Let's see, let's get Mike on the show. 
Let's talk about wrestling all the time. Like, <sighs> greatest moment in sports history. I'm looking around Manny's basement right now. I got five pictures of things that actually happened unexpectedly that were better moments in sports history. Come on, Mike. Wow. Poor Mike. Uh, and Mike's right. It's two against one. <laughs> Matt's wrong. <laughs> I had a I had a poster of Hulk Hogan. Oh, one see? If it's not yeah. Bianca and Drescu, he's got Hulk Hogan posters. <laughs> he was clutch too, Matt. <laughs> oh, he was a great actor. Oh, uh, man. It was excellent. And on that note, that's our, that's our show for today. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you can let us know what you think of our hot takes on social media. If you want to be like Mike and have Matt uh, fight with you, you can follow us at Podcast MFC. Pick a fight with me. Oh, yeah. Come up with a better hot take that I won't have to fight you. <laughs> We're going to get Mike on this show. Good. We're getting Mike on this show. <laughs> and you can also find us on Facebook at Four Future Considerations. Yeah. What's our Twitter and Instagram again? <laughs> That's uh, a podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram if you want to hit us up uh, there as well. Yeah. You'll also be able to see some great content, great videos, great stories on social media, too. And you can also email us with your feedback, suggestions, and show ideas, and your own hot takes, as we said. If you agree or disagree, if you want to weigh in on the great WrestleMania controversy, you can do it at 4FutureConsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors on the show this week, London Awnings, quality that shows. And we want to thank Shane Topolovic as well, uh, Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition to prepare your body for the next level. And we are not done for this week, guys. No, we are not. No, we have another episode coming out just in time for the Easter weekend. It's called the OT. We will be joined by former broadcaster Dave Gross in Ottawa, who will share some stories of his coverage in the O and in the NHL as well. Yeah, that's going to be great. We're looking forward to that. Hey, maybe some Easter Bunny event is uh, could happen this weekend. It could be the, one of the greatest, uh, most <laughs> memorable things in, in sports history. Uh, find out. Uh, tell us how your Easter goes. And uh, you know, if the Easter Bunny body slams one of your kids, we'll, uh, we'll post the video if you got it somewhere. Be careful. Mike's going to come over with the steel chair. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not here next week... Oh, man. (laughs) Thanks for listening again, too, for future considerations. Come on, Mike. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.